Hi, and welcome to Paths That Cross. I am Marilyn Banks, Holistic Life Counselor and Coach for Body, Mind, and Spirit Unity. Periodically, I'm asked where the name Paths That Cross came from, and I have to tell you, I love that name. Because it's exactly what happens. As our paths are crossing, we're connecting with one another, even now, for these few moments. Complete strangers. Each of us on our own path, and each of us with our life that includes our good times and our bad ones. Living out our own set of life circumstances. And for however long the moment lasts, even if it's for a nanosecond, We feel that connection, and we leave something of ourselves behind. And then the moment is gone, and we resume our lives. Perhaps the same, but then again, perhaps changed, even just a little bit. But all the while, as we live so separately from one another, there really was that connection, and it is good. There is also a deeper meaning that comes with that name, Paths That Cross. It's a lesser-traveled path towards our spirituality, a ways and a means that we can live an enlightened life filled with an abundance of joy, happiness and contentment, good health, goodwill, and even financial prosperity. A path that leads away from a life filled with anger, sadness, with mediocrity, with hurts and pains. I want to introduce myself by telling you where I'm coming from and just a little bit about how I got to this place of counseling, coaching, teaching, and mentoring. I can assure you of this, it definitely isn't anything I set out to do, but it has turned into a life's work that I dearly love and have a genuine passion for. I know what it's like to be on life's roller coaster and not knowing just how to get off. I've been there. I know what it's like to make bad life choices, whether it's in relationships, in work, finances, parenting. But in any of these life situations that we unknowingly, but literally set ourselves up to learn from. And I've traveled these rocky roads that I was assuredly perpetuating my need for this roller coaster existence. And then one day, I found myself smack dab in the middle of a near-death experience. And the next thing I knew, I had a robed figure of fate standing right there in front of me, and I can still see him. I wasn't able to see his face because it was buried deep inside his oversized hood. And I could only see his eyes. And they looked straight into mine. And without judgment, he rather quietly asked, just what did I want to do and my life? What did I want to do about all of this chaos I've brought on myself and others around me? And did I really want to continue on with it? It was strictly up to me. It was my decision. It was my choice. Well... I can honestly say he got my attention, and these many, many years later, I can still see those blue, blue eyes, and I can still hear that calm voice, 
and his words still reverberate in my ears. And I made my choice. It was an initiation into my own period of what is generally referred to as a recovery. A period that took an honest reflection of my life as I had lived it, and it included all of my relationships, and it involved my taking complete inventory, evaluating all my thoughts, my attitudes, my feelings, my actions and reactions. I had to look at my anger, and I had to look at my sadness, both past and present. And over time, I began to see myself in a different light. And instead of living by reacting, I began to take charge of myself. I began to take charge of my life. And slowly, in the beginning, as I gained confidence in myself, one step at a time, I began to find me. And I liked her. I began living my life not as I thought it should be, but most importantly discovering and eventually believing just how life could be. It didn't have to be hard. And there didn't have to be struggle. And I didn't have to be angry. And that I didn't need approval of others as long as I had earned my own. And I didn't have to have others' acceptance as long as I was true to myself. And I learned to be okay, just to be me, as I willingly became a much, much better me, but me. And now, what seems a lifetime later, with a keener knowledge and insight and understanding, I'm able to help others get off of their own roller coaster as they meet and deal with their paralyzing fears. And as we begin the process, and a process it is, of uncovering the negative belief systems that stop them from achieving any real success and overcoming the parasitic insecurities and vulnerabilities that perpetuate the same problems, the same circumstances, over and over and over. The faces change, but the reoccurring situations remain the same as they begin to recognize their own part in their drama, that through their bad choices and poor judgments, they've created their unhappiness and discontent. And as they get an understanding that they really do have a choice how they live, it gives them a permission to change themselves, to change their way of life. And the heaviness lifts as they lighten up and they start to feel good again about themselves, about life, and joy begins to surface. And it is good just to be alive as they give themselves permission to take charge of their life and become the person they were born to be freeing that spirit that loves to laugh, play, love, and enjoy themselves, their family, their friends, their life. And it can happen if they are willing to commit to the process of being open and receptive to the changes that are necessary to bring happiness and contentment into their life.
if they are willing to commit to the heavy responsibility that comes with holding the self accountable for the dis-ease of their life experiences in the past and in the future. We are a victim of ourselves, of our own choices, our own judgments, and our own decisions. If they are willing to learn how to check their ego at the door and let go of their addictive need for fear, anxiety, frustration, and chaos. And if the answers are yes, we'll walk that path together. Because this path isn't for sissies. It takes courage to walk it. It takes more than merely wanting it. It takes a commitment to fight the resistance and the fears of change because we hold on to what we know. And it takes not only an immense desire, but a will for change. And it is through the process of change that change is created. And as a reminder, responsibility only means the ability to respond to a given situation. For some of us, there comes a time when we know there just isn't any other way out. We know we can't take the high road any longer. It just doesn't work that way for us. And we are aware we have to take that path less traveled. The term holistic has become quite the buzzword with many meanings and applications and is painted with a wide brush with broad strokes. So I need to define what my meaning of it is through the work that I do relating to the body, mind, and spirit unity and just how they work together and with one another. Although separate, each of these three bodies are composed of their own trilogy, each having its own body, its own intelligence, and its own nature, which is the spirit, each one constantly communicating with one another, tuning in to one another, cluing the others in as to our state of spirit, translating whether we're happy or sad, frustrated or contented, angry or at peace, bitter or sweet. The emotional body of the spirit is always texting the brain. And through our thoughts, the brain literally programs the ease or dis-ease to the physical body. The status of our health takes years to program for wellness or illness. Dis-ease causes disease. Whether it's positive or negative, the mind's chatter spins on and on and on. In a nutshell, we are what we think we are. We are who we think we are. And for the most part, we are all ignorant to the power of our thoughts. We're not aware as to how strong they are, how potent they are. That a thought is merely energy, and the dominant energy wins out and creates and builds our realities. And so, I work with the mind, the psychological part of us, the what and the whys, and the power of and behind our thought patterns, those internal messages that literally create the circumstances in our life and manifest the physical, emotional, and even the material in our world and in our lives. Every illness, 
disease in our physical body has a negative attitude or emotion or thought or pattern attached to it, causing it. Talk about our carbon footprints we leave on the earth. We're leaving them on ourselves every minute of every day right now. With every emotion that we feel, every negative thought that we think, we leave something of it behind on us. I work with the emotional body to cleanse and clear out the gunky negative energies left behind from overt and covertly repressed emotions and feelings, not only just in this lifetime, but lifetimes of them that we've brought in with us. Oh yes, the subconscious remembers it all. It is the state of mind of our spirit that programs our attitudes in life, and whether we're happy Joyful, serene, depressed, miserable, frustrated, angry, bored and discontented, or ill. Each has the power to create its own reality, its own circumstances, bringing them to us so that we can feel what we feel. And the patterns continue on and on until we break them. To work one of the body, mind, and spirit, all three have to be considered. They are the triplets. Very different personalities, very different roles, but they're all connected. We can't deal with just one without the other two being right there beside it, listening, talking, touching, feeling, tuning in, and being. Each one thinking and merging in with the other. So, why would you want to come to me? It usually begins with a call or an email or a session for meditation classes or counseling. Coaching part of my work generally comes as the client advances on their path. So, here is an email I received as she was pondering whether or not she wanted to meet me or wanted a session, kind of checking out the waters. And honest to God, it truly is an actual correspondence. Obviously from someone who stays in her head, which is not uncommon. A left-brain professional who's willing to put her toe in the water, but not sure if she wants to jump in. Cautious, somewhat detached, but she's definitely reaching out. And as it turns out, it was a plea for help. Oh my God, who am I and what is this all about? I was given your name by one of your clients who is a very good friend of mine and I am interested in learning more about what you do and how you might be a benefit to me. What I am interested in accomplishing is exploring answers to the following questions. Who is my authentic self? What is happiness and how do I find it? What do I want to be when I grow up? How and when? Will I find contentment? What are my true loves in life? What was I placed on earth to do? Could you help me discover the answers to these questions? And I had to laugh when I received it. Her great questions would most likely take her whole lifetime to answer. But I know it was not an easy inquiry for her to write. That if she's contacting me, there is something churning inside of her. 
I knew she had heard that very personal inner call, that she feels that internal gnawing that won't leave her alone. I know she had that unquenchable thirst and a hunger for understanding that's never satisfied. A void that won't be filled? Yes. And I also know she has that screaming woman inside of her, demanding not only to be heard, but released. So I wrote her back, saying I would love to work with her as she begins her quest for self-discovery. I told her about a meditation program I've developed that kicks off the journey as she would learn about herself. And as her choices change, so does her path. And that it's a path of a lifelong learning experience. The meditation program is designed to teach how to quiet the self, both mind and body, in order to tune in to an always present, incredible inner state of consciousness that has long been waiting for us to have its presence acknowledged by us. We touch into connecting with the inner source to do some inner child communication, to do past life and age regressions, and all the while working with letting go of the resistance that gets in the way of our achieving the state of inner contentment that she's yearning for. And I told her that within due time, all of the questions she was asking could be answered by herself, which is the intent of starting the program or any work that we would do together. Well, she and I have worked together for years now. Behind the quiet, emotionally detached inquiry, was an extremely sensitive woman, intelligent and capable in anything she pursues, but it has not been an easy road for her, as it generally is not for anyone who chooses this path. She indeed has learned the answers to those initial questions, but with those answers, she now has other questions, as she herself says she is working on greed, ego, and trust all three hard nuts to crack. She too now has become a mentor and a healer in her own right. And here is a gal with a totally different situation. A little background. She and I had worked together some years before until she moved across country to a new job and a new life. And I lost touch with her for about five years. And then I received this. Hi, Marilyn. I'm kind of ashamed of myself that I need help and have been so stupid, but I either get help now or keep wallowing in this mess I've made. I haven't been treating myself with the respect I deserve. It has taken many warnings from the universe to get me to this point, but I know everything happens for a reason. I've told myself the past few days that I can't change the past, but I can change the future. Well, for the future to change, I need to make different decisions, and they need to get better. I'm just having trouble doing it myself. I think the discipline of having sessions with you and having someone to answer to, at least for a while, will help me. Her year had been the pits, and a short list of it included a DUI and a night in jail, attorney fees that ended up depleting her bankroll, she lost her driver's license and was sentenced to community work and probation for a year. She lost her independence. She was grounded. During the year before the climax of all of this, she thought she found the love of her life who turned out to be quite the classic abuser. 
her boss was up to his eyeballs with her poor attitude. She was ready to impulsively quit, but realized it was the best job she'd ever had. And she also realized she couldn't get along with anybody anymore. And she saw she was filled with such anger and bitterness, and she was just miserable. So obviously this was a call for help. Well, I let her know that as long as she was open and willing to come in for a complete and total rehaul, her habits, her ways, her thinking, we could work together again. But it would take a commitment and work on her part. The good news was that she was miserable enough she heard the cry loud and clear. She was seeing the flags. She was already realizing she needed to slow down and seemed ready to take the necessary action to get her life back on track, which was good, very, very good. And we worked, and we laughed and we cried, and she saw her own light and embraced it, and still is, as she once again has moved across country, our paths have separated again, but the rest of her story is a good one, another one who has blossomed into such a beautiful rose and I have had the pleasure of witnessing it. And then there's the woman who was in serious physical trouble. Her severely ailing heart was what brought her to me. Her cardiologist told her flat out that she had to do something to manage the unbearable stress that she had reached a breaking point or she was going to literally drop dead in her tracks. Suffering from extreme stress, she had a long-term abusive husband that she was afraid to leave. She had money problems. Her adult kids had serious substance abuse troubles. She was extremely lonely and angry, resentful and bitter and very, very, very depressed. And needless to say, in bad shape and scared stiff. Life looked pretty futile to her, and she had a death wish. I remember her desperate call, inquiring about my meditation classes, and she was in a miserable place all within herself. So she came to see me to learn how to relax through the techniques of meditation and asking for the added benefits of counseling, and with high hopes to eventually gain the courage to make the drastic but necessary changes in her life that would ultimately alleviate these needless, stressful conditions that she was living. For years, I counseled and led groups in a domestic violence shelter and worked as an advocate for the women, teaching over and over about the textbook cycle of violence and about the power and control patterns, always hoping to plant fertile seeds, always hoping. Leaving a physically and psychologically or emotionally abusive situation is never the piece of cake that those sitting outside of it thinks it is or should be. And unless one has been in it, it is hard to understand its dynamics. Love, hate, fear, insecurity, vulnerability. But it generally comes down to what it is that they know. It's what they've lived. And change is more dangerous than staying. The gal came a couple times to the meditation sessions, always left relaxed and feeling hopeful. But by the time the next appointment rolled around, I'd get the voice message with some excuse for the day. She hasn't been back. I've left the door open 
And as long as she wants the program, as long as she's wanting to change bad enough to make the change, the door will stay open. But even Jesus Christ himself could not heal anyone who did not want to be healed. It's impossible. The will is involved. Our will. And at this moment, I still wish her the best. The very, very best. And then there was the guy who couldn't keep a job because his nagging inner critic, the pre-recorded mental tapes, habitually played over and over and over, telling him that he would always be a failure and that he was no good, never would amount to anything, and he'd get fired for not producing, or he'd quit because he was disenchanted. On and on and on, in his head he heard, I can't, I can't, I can't, only perpetuating his problem. And he asked, would it be possible to halt the old program, negative mental messages, canceling them out and replacing them with positive ones? Affirming the self, affirming what he wants, affirming what he desired, affirming the positive, but just as importantly, uncovering the who and what and how those messages were programmed in there to begin with? Sure. Yes. Of course we could do it, if he's willing. And I could go on and on and on. These are four very different examples of dis-ease of some type or another, whether they be emails, telephone calls, sessions with clients. Some of them can meet the conditions, and some of them can't. But as long as they try, I'll try too. As it was told to me some time ago by a very influential guy, it's their decision. It's their choice, totally up to them. And it all depends on what they want out of life and if they recognize the call and if they have the courage to do something about it. I love meditation. It is my tool of preference to learn how to slow ourselves down. In the quiet, we are able to get down to the very nitty-gritty to bring up from the roots of our subconscious, the stuff that needs to be looked at, that needs to be cleansed, cleared, and released. There is no tool quite like meditation that we can learn to still the incessant mind chatter, to still the body, and to bask in the silence. And it is in the quiet that we can hear the spirit. It is in the silent zone that we can differentiate the voice of our big self from our little one, and we can listen. It is in the silence we can feel the peace, the contentment, serenity, and well-being. It is there we are able to connect with our source, our creator, always within us. It is in the silence that we discover we are not alone, never, never, never. Nope, not at all. When we can begin a practice of quieting the self, we can begin a healing. Healing the body, the mind, and also the spirit that is yammering to get out. We can learn to laugh and to play and to sing and to dance. To love life and all that it brings us. As it tells us, it is not the destiny, but the journey in reaching it 
that is the joy, because life is good. It is my belief there are no accidents. Everything has a purpose, a reason. Whether it's a positive or a negative, there's always some type of payoff, even if it's in the pain and the agony. If it takes physical or emotional pain to direct us into whatever it is we came into this life to do, whether it is to discover who it is that we really are, or to find our strengths or talents and to utilize them, if it's to learn to love or allow ourselves to be loved, if it is to stand up and speak up, or if it is to sit down and shut up, the old universe has its unique ways of getting our attention. And if it takes a two-by-four to the side of our head to get it, it will. But we always have choice, and we always have free will. If we keep ourselves in a state of crisis or stress, of illness or disease, if we are continually having relationship turmoil, or are bored and disconnected or depressed, or have career and chronic financial problems, or if we're angry and frustrated or physically and emotionally addicted to any and all of the above, they all have one thing in common. They all are a symptom of a spiritual crisis, big self trying to get little self's attention, a plea to find and come home to our own self. And in doing that, we automatically intimately discover our source that's right there with us too. And by answering the inner urge, by reaching out to begin a quest for self-awareness, we begin to work together, kicking off a journey towards a personal transformation empowerment. And oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, what a journey it is. We learn that whatever our relationship is with ourselves, it is the relationship we will have with others. If we cannot earn the respect of ourselves... How can we expect others to respect us? If we don't honor ourselves, how can we expect anyone else to honor us for who we are? If we cannot love ourselves, how can we expect anyone else to? If we are not honest with ourselves, not true to ourselves, and how can we expect anyone else to be true to us? As we begin to learn about our unique self, we change automatically change, and when we change, our choices begin to change, as do our judgments and the decisions that we make in ourselves, about ourselves, around ourselves, and with others, and we become intimate in our relationship with ourselves, and we become able to allow an intimacy we never knew before in the relationships around us. We always bring people to us with the same set of values as we have for ourselves. It's just the way it works. So, we grow and we make wise decisions and wise choices. And our realities change too, right along with our future and our path. It is a lifelong experience, this learning who we are business. So from this moment onward, hopefully our paths will cross to meet, to chat, to discuss, and to laugh. And in the meantime, remember, slow down. 
take a deep breath and enjoy the good that is all around you. Peace be with you, O beautiful ones. Life is good and all is well. And so it is. Thank you.